You're listening to The Low and No Show, a podcast that tells the inspiring stories from brands and the founders. My name is Johnny Stevens, the founder of Better Without, the app that helps people discover low and no drinks. I'm sitting down with guests to hear their stories, learn about their products and the lessons they've learned. Hello and welcome to another episode. Um, I'm here today with David from Noctails. Now, I hope you've been enjoying uh, the previous episodes. Today, we're going to take it into a slightly different category. So we're going to go into the ready-to-drink um, cocktail market. So hello, David. Hi. Thanks very much for having me. Um, nice to see you again, obviously. Um, I mean, it feels like ages ago since we it last does. It. I don't. I don't actually think it was that long ago, was it? It was kind of back in sort of early December or something. Yeah, I think it was just before the app launched. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was just before the app launch, and we've been saying that we're going to meet in person, but it keeps uh, keeps going back. Yeah. yeah, no, I've got it in my diary for 2023 or something. So, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> I'm hoping it's before then. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be really good to just introduce yourself and introduce the brand. Yeah, cool. So yeah, as as you really mentioned, my name's David. I'm the founder of Noctel, um, ready to drink, not alcoholic. Uh, cocktails in a can um got two flavors at the moment we've got mojito and strawberry daiquiri um kind of the aim of what we kind of wanted to do with the business was reinvent the mocktail for the more mindful and health conscious consumer so we we use natural botanicals extracts spices and really exciting ingredients to recreate those really satisfying sensations you would get kind of expect and want from a, a real alcoholic cocktail just minus the alcohol so it's kind of taking inspiration from Kind of what people were doing with the distilled spirits and everything by using all of these interesting processes and, and, and ingredients to recreate those flavors what i kind of was, was seeing with the whole mocktail category if, if that's what you want to call it was all of these products that were coming out were very simple and really high in sugar and weren't delivering that same um, experience it was just a basic sort of sugary sweet fruit juice um, and it wasn't doing what all of the products in the category were trying to replicate um, so I saw a massive gap for that and thought, you know what, why not? Let's, let's do it. Amazing. And I'm correct in saying you left uni, was it last year or year before? And this is sort of first. So it was March last year. Um, so they basically cut off um, our uni sort of three months short and were basically like, right, everyone go home. We'll give you your grade and just forget this ever existed and just <laughs> get, go get on with your lives and like we'll just let's just move on sort of thing it was a super sort of weird time because I mean I still haven't had my graduation that like all of that was postponed um like just a super super weird way to end like you didn't get to say goodbye to any of your friends everyone just kind of went home and yeah like we haven't seen each other since so it was like it was super super like weird way to end kind of a university experience um but yeah no kind of I always want to start a business after I finished uni and mm. kind of if anything it just gave me that little bit more time to kind of just get going really so. yeah absolutely so when did you when did you come up with the idea so the idea was kind of churning for maybe a year prior to okay. a year a year and a half prior to launching back in July um so kind of to give a little bit more context um as part of my sort of uni degree I did a, I did a placement year working at Danone um so like those those people 
um, like they do like activity <laughs> yogurt and like um like Evian water evolve with all of that and like loads of like household brands that you that everyone knows um but i basically joined their it was, their, it was called the manifesto innovation accelerator it was kind of their internal innovation accelerator yeah. team thing like all of those cool buzzwords basically the the role of it was to come up with new challenger startup brands and kind of test and learn them in the market and um and then hopefully launch them sort of face by face by face um and kind of it was just like a really interesting way of sort of internalizing um that whole sort of challenger brand mentality into mm. like a corporate perspective something that is still i think a massive challenge in, in that whole corporate world is, is finding a way to kind of compete with these really exciting innovational um new startups um mm. and kind of having and building that same mentality and structure into into a corporate organization so that was kind of the whole aim of that whole team and i had so much experience working on some really exciting sort of challenger food and drink brands in there um did that for 14 months um and kind of yeah gained a lot of experience in, in that space and met some sort of amazing people and yeah had a really really good time and like i said i would i always had this vision of starting a business when i finished uni i wasn't too sure about what that was going to be but kind of when i had that experience in the um i kind of fell in love with the whole food and drink space and um yeah. was kind of always on top of all of the trends and one of these those things that kind of really came to my to my sort of forefront was this whole no and low um movement um, yeah. that was that was happening it, i mean this was back in sort of summer of 2018 mm. um so it was kind of when nolo was starting to, to become a little bit um more exciting and there was a lot of yeah. action going in the category still very very new but kind of it was getting to that stage where there was lots more innovations coming mm. through um so i kind of saw that and i sort of started started diving into a lot of um reports and sort of analysis about the category and kind of when i was looking at all of the facts and the stats from like nielsen Cantar and all of those um interesting companies um what i noticed was the people that were driving the growth of the category was was people like myself gen z millennials yeah. people who weren't necessarily kind of turning to the category for the reasons that you would expect people to choose not to drink alcohol like mm. maybe they had problems with alcohol in the past it was pregnancy reasons or religious reasons yeah. like the people who were actually driving the growth were were people who were, were coming from more holistical mm. sort of mindful well well balanced lifestyle reasons um but when i was looking at the products that were coming through um and sitting on the shelf and, and whatever i realized that they weren't actually being catered or speaking mm. to that type of demographic um like it was Kind of the hot names around them were like seedlip and and so forth and they had this very premium and luxury branding mm. quite a high buy-in um if you were a young person and mm. you were looking at a bottle of non-alcoholic spirit and it was 26 quid and mm. um you weren't kind of you didn't it was difficult to kind of see that value especially if the brand wasn't actually speaking to you so i saw this massive opportunity to create a product that was actually speaking to the people driving growth for the category um, and it was a lot, it was around the same time as well. Like it was my last year of uni. I've been through this whole sort of social binge drinking culture mm. at university. And I was just so done with it, you know, and I really wanted to change my whole personal <clears throat> attitude around drinking and really kind of focus on my life and become more productive. And one of the ways that I chose to do that was to um, <clears throat> kind of just, yeah, reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. And it was around the same time that I was discovering 
this whole new amazing mm. and fascinating category from a business perspective so it was kind of a really interesting sort of equilibrium of inspiration of personal and business yeah um, absolutely of interest and i just like i said i just kind of went in and thought okay this is an amazing opportunity mm. from a personal and business perspective let's just go for it so i was I obviously had a, a category that I was really passionate about and really kind of excited about as well. Um, and it was now kind of the time to find the right product that was speaking to those people that yeah. I saw the opportunity in. And one of those things was like cocktails and or mocktails because mm. um, they're fun, it's exciting. Like the, the thing that I wanted to do with a brand was to create a really fun, vibrant brand that kind of completely disrupted all of the products that were currently kind of taking all of the conversations mm. um in the category um so i thought a great thing that you, that you could do with cocktails and like i sort of mentioned earlier um when i was looking at all of the mocktails on the market they were all these very simple really sugary um, yeah. drinks that didn't replicate that same satisfying experience you'd expect from a real alcoholic cocktail um and i, I saw a massive gap to to create and reinvent the concept of a mocktail for that more mindful Gen Z millennial mm. consumer. Um, so kind of, I came up with the name Noctel and the rest it's is- It's a clever name, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got lucky to be honest. It's like, it's the most simple name. I was like, okay, I'm reinventing the Noctel. Noctel, non-alcoholic cocktail, super simple. Went on um, like GoDaddy, bought the, um, the, like the domain from someone for like 90 quid. Um, went on Instagram realized someone had it on Instagram <laughs> and what you what you can do on on Instagram is a little trick if someone's got a domain of yours that you want and you can basically register a trademark which I did um so I kind of got the Noctile trademark in the UK and then I basically filed like a dispute with Instagram to say that this person was um <laughs> infringing my my trademark and Instagram basically transferred the Amazing. Instagram username handle over to me so I had this kind of really good foundations of a really sort of well-recognized brand and, and everything and, and kind of I spent the next year basically just coming up with the the brand identity the packaging design um, mm. we did our recipe development in following December um, which we can go into which was really really exciting what we did is um, we invited Millie from the Sobergar Society um, nice, to come yeah. down um, to our recipe development day and co-create um, drinks basically live on Instagram. So Amazing. we were doing all of these kind of questions and kind of doing questions and answers with, with her community saying, we should prefer a drink that was low in sugar, like low in calories, what flavors would you like? Where would you like to buy this product? Where, how much, like all of these different mm. kind of pieces of data that we were able to collect from the really engaged and niche community that we were targeting to really empower our decisions in terms of product distribution, price, mm -hmm. like loads of different things which we still kind of use today as our sort of foundations of, of what are the kind of the main fundamentals of, of the brand that we've created. Um, so yeah, and then kind of, like I said, at, at this time I was, I was in my final year of university. So I was still kind of studying and trying to build a mm. brand. Um, and yeah, got to March, everything kind of switched off and it was kind of just getting down to business then. And go, go, go then. Almost a year later now. And yeah, it's gone pretty well so far amazing no it has and and well i mean one of the things that definitely within the industry and a load of people comment on is how you've done your marketing um you know i know it, 
it gets commented a lot about you know having the the gifts on instagram and that kind of stuff how is that your background in terms of coming up with those ideas or if you work with a creative to do that um so like my passion has always been around building brands and building creative brands that people can really um engage with and really relate to um so i mean i started my own business when i was 15 um, i started my own clothing line um and now i started producing music and kind of built a whole brand around this kind of artistry of, of my music um and sort of ended up DJing around the world and everything which is sort of a whole another part of my life <laughs> I, but, I've, but I've had this whole passion throughout my life of building brands and creating really highly visual fun yeah. brands and I and that's something that I really wanted to implement into Noctow like mm-hmm. I sort of mentioned I wanted to create this really disruptive brand that was going against all of, all of the sort of the brand norms that have been previously set in the yeah. industry and one way to do that was to literally just tear up the rule book, uh, the rule book off the category, and just create something that not only I enjoyed, but something that was going to be enjoyed by the people that we were going to be targeting. Um, so, God, I forgot what the question was. It was kind of just it was around the branding. The it was yeah, yeah. So, and that and that's kind of like I said, that's where I saw the opportunity for for the brand um, was creating something mm. for that specific. Um, community and kind of going against the brand like the disruption kind of aspect again um kind of the thing that i saw whilst i was working at danone i'm kind of working on all of these brands and kind of just observing food and drink brands on social media is the people who the people who do well on social media are the people Mm. who can entertain people come to social media to be entertained you know and to be part of the community and to be part of a group and to kind of have that sort of social aspect they don't come to be sold to because i mean yeah. so, i mean social media is full of like influencers now you get bombarded with and <laughs> every like every time you swipe you see a new ad and you're always being bombarded with someone trying to sell you something yeah so if you if you're engaging with a brand that you love and they suddenly come out and go here's our non-alcoholic cocktail we're low in sugar go buy us now mm-hmm. It's really unengaging and people are people that's not what people come to your page for. So I wanted to sort of do our, all of our marketing around building a community yeah. and building sort of that really engaged space where people come for the community and they come for the mm. mission and they come for the purpose um, rather than come for coming for the products. Um, and that's really what's empowered our whole strategy kind of going forward um, and what's really sort of made us really stand out and um it really makes a massive difference for us yeah um and then if people want to discover our products then they kind of engage with our with our platform first and our community first and then they click through to our website and then they kind of enter our whole sort of funnel of of levels discovering products um and i think that's a really important way of building brands like at the moment is Mm. putting putting purpose first rather than product so yeah well and and this um, year has thrown that that whole you know I suppose normal channel of how you'd launch a product has just completely gone out the window and and you've what you've managed to do is capture that audience um through you know the social channels through the website through the branding and actually yeah you look at the brand and it's you know you wouldn't think it was a brand that only launched last year It, it looks like it's got you know a lot of time put into that creativity yeah yeah because i mean that's what that's what we've been focusing on 
literally for the past year it's not so mm-hmm. much been around sales although sales obviously are important to building a successful business it's been around building those creative foundations of building a really strong social cultural impacted business that really has a powerful message behind it and something that people can really connect to and i think once you've got those really strong foundations then you you've got a lot of sort of um sort of space to kind of work with and it's a lot easier to then go to go to a retailer or go to somewhere yeah. else to kind of sell your product once you've got those really solid foundations um, and that's something i like i i i identified right from the start of, of building mm. this whole this whole thing um and like i said like it's something that i wouldn't change if i if i started all, all over again so yeah. um yeah, definitely a really really important part of building a brand because i mean like you said during this whole past year of, of the pandemic people's attention has completely changed from, yeah. from physical spaces to, to online so if you can find a way to capture that online attention mm. and convert that into your brand um then like you're going to be winning every day of the week yeah that, i think with your brand there's a real sense of wanting to order direct as well i mean you know it's that whole experience on the website and, and everything you've really made it that actually people want to come to you you know almost like sort of nike and those type of actually you want to buy direct because of the experience because of everything you, you've got it's not just about a shopping cart yeah no of course and yeah that like i said i mean you've hit the nail on the head in terms of like our focus of what we've been working on for the past year is really about about building that online experience mm. and being able to kind of provide that consistent brand experience right from so like discovering us on social media then following through onto our website mm. and kind of making sure that that brand consistency is is there and then from receiving your actual parcel your mm. like nice pink box of of nocturne when it comes to your door and making sure like i said that that whole brand feel is completely consistent through that whole experience and even like when we transition to going into retail and so forth making sure that that same experience is transitioned from so like if someone goes from social to retail or from online to retail or from retail to online then those experiences all match each other Um, and i think that's a really really important thing to building a really solid and and really strong and powerful brand it Um, is and and i think for me it's you know now you know people look forward to a a parcel arriving it's something different in their day and 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 having something that's you know it's back to like apple you know the excitement of opening an apple but you know product whether it's a laptop or whatever they there's that theater around um the the whole product and as you say if you can get that it's brilliant it's it's how do you transition that into into retail which is is going to be i suppose one of the biggest challenges and how in terms of discussions with retail and you know how how have you found that obviously very early days in terms of only launching last july but you know actually now more than ever the the category is getting attention so how have you found that those conversations yeah no it's really interesting like um so i've probably had discussions with probably three out of the four top retailers now Hmm. and a lot of the comments that they say about the category are very, very consistent and the kind of the way that they're behaving around the category and um, their whole strategy strategy around the category is, is fairly consistent. Um, but there, there are kind of, sort of some differentiations as well. Kind of one of the main things and kind of the, the key things that has really, really come back. I mean, there's, there's probably two things actually. There's one, um, there's a massive conversation around value. Um, so 
and it's a and it's kind of a debate that is resurrected through no and low like so much time like people coming back saying why would i pay 20 pounds for a bottle of spirit when i can pay 12 pounds for a alcoholic bottle of like the same thing um so there's obviously a lot of education to kind of go around about kind of the processes and sort of the ingredients and, and loads of different things i think different products and different brands have different reasons why their prices may be higher than a bottle of spirits whether that's the process or the ingredients or or whatever um but like i said when when i've been speaking to retailers the key thing that they've come back to is around value um whether that's I, I don't know and i think it's difficult as well because we're an rtv product rather than yeah. um spirit product like a, like a bottled spirit product and that a lot of the growth that they're seeing from the category is coming from the, the spirit bottles um, mm. and beers and wines and rtv is still a very very small part of the category um, in terms of driving value yeah. like in terms of annual sales for them so then when you come to them with like a a product that's like two pounds so mm. more expensive than actually like a, a canned alcoholic cocktail yeah. um from some of the like the big brands that you know um it's really difficult for them to not only understand the product and mm. to understand the sort of the price point of it um but to, to really kind of see that value i mean one of the, the conversations that i had with tesco's is i mean the first question that they came back to me was so what's the difference between your product and like a traditional adult soft drink and it's it is really difficult to articulate because yeah, yeah. it's because because it's first of all it, like i said it's the ingredients that we use like we we the, the botanicals and the extract mm. and, the, and the spices we use to help replicate that that taste of like an alcoholic drink um like the, our ingredients are first of all quite expensive um but then secondly the main difference isn't actually the products it's the people who are shopping there and, and the products and, and the experiences that they're looking to buy into and just by shopping in that different section in the store shopping in the beer one the spirit style um in the no and low section as a replacement rather than going to the adult soft drink section you're automatically buying into a different experience and a yeah. different occasion you know and that's what people want people people want to buy into that that same experience that people are buying into when they drink an alcoholic drink and and that's where and and that's where the value in terms of added value comes in um mm. is the type of customer and it, that is really that's really challenging to try and articulate it's, it's difficult to make people understand um so that's kind of one that's one mm. thing that's i think is got a lot of work to do in terms of and i think it's something that they understand because obviously they've got a dedicated section in the store yeah. and there is a specific type of consumer consumer going there um but like do you think said, that would change though in terms of when like when we're allowed out and when we're allowed for picnics and barbecues and everything actually is a rtd product more relevant because actually you know you want it on a picnic you're unlikely to want to take a spirit and a shaker and everything so yeah, i wonder whether I'm, it will will shift so, as yeah, the economy so goes so that i mean that's kind of on the same line as, as my argument is mm. it's the fact because it's such a new and raw category um the whole sort of aim of what we should be doing to grow the category is bringing new people in and the only way to do that is to get people to trial and test new products yeah. on a smaller scale so like like a, um, a, like an rtd that's two pounds rather than buying into a product that you may or may not enjoy yeah. or like um and then you're going to lose that customer because they didn't enjoy their first experience. 
So that's kind of been my argument and it's been challenging to convince people on that basis. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it's made us learn where these retailers see the opportunity and yeah. see their focus in terms of growth. So we've kind of not gone back to the drawing board, but we've basically fast tracked some of our MPD development in terms of some of the formats that we're, we're producing into kind of match up with the opportunities that they're yeah. presenting basically. Um, which is, I guess, one of the benefits of being a startup and being able to work flexibly and quickly yeah, and kind of pivot and... and everything. Exactly. Like we had that feedback on, um, well, that, literally that feedback that I just said um, from Sainsbury's on Friday. And over the weekend, we got our designer to basically do a mock-up of this new product format, went back to them on Monday morning um, and I've literally got samples in, in production today. Um, <laughs> so so it, like it's that ability to work really quickly and kind of be reactive and proactive yeah. to to the market and to the feedback um which should hopefully do us a lot of good um kind of going on on sort of that whole retail side of things as well um one of the really interesting things that i'll just name drop um what <laughs> said um was that where their whole business strategy around the category is in terms of driving growth is through big, big brands and well-recognized brands to drive sort of awareness because mm. it's familiar and kind of bringing in new challenger brands that people may not have heard before or recognized um, isn't from their perspective, isn't what's going to drive the category, mm. um, which like I said, I have arguments against as well. <laughs> I, I do completely understand as well um but it's kind of i mean the, we, they said that to us back in sort of october november time and since then it's i mean they've stuck to their word with kind of yeah. big brand launches from gordon's um they, i mean they tried the guinness thing but obviously that didn't go too well because obviously they had the recall um but i think it's an interesting i mean what, what are your opinions on that in terms of driving driving category growth recognized brands rather than I, it, yeah it, i mean it's it's interesting because it is so important you know we we need the heineken's of the world you know budweiser sponsoring mm. you know budweiser zero sponsoring um super bowl at the the, the weekend you know that is a massive yeah. to 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 put zero zero on there and and put their budget behind it, yeah. it it's it, you know it it can only help the the the, the growth of the category um, you know, you need the seed lips of the world and everything to to actually, you know, carved out the path and and, and everything. I, I think it will change. You know, I think certain retailers will, and you can see it already, you know, certain retailers are going for the brands that aren't necessarily those those top brands. And I, I think every every retailer is gonna have their different, you know, different options, different views. Um and you know, obviously the, the, the big brands are also, you know, a lot of the big brands are, are alcohol brands as well. So, yeah. you know, for them, it's, I guess it gives them even more negotiating power in terms of, you know, taking more stock of both, both products. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I, but from a consumer point of view, people, you know, people want choice. I mean, that's why there's lots of, you know, low and no, um, stores opening up online because people want that choice and yeah. you know you only need to look at amazon and 
you know, if, if I'm looking at a drink, most of the time, the first place I'll go is to Amazon. And the, the, the reason being is they have such a good selection. It seems to be the place of choice for a lot of the brands. Yeah. And I'm going to get it next day. So, it, you know, I think it's, it is always that challenge for the, the main retailers of, you know, what do they put on their shelves? Um, you know, the, the, the brands typically in, you know, in, in something like Tesco's are the big brands are, or are brands like Champion Cider that have, have got a recognized name behind it. And, you know, I think it will, I, I don't think it's a negative. I think it will just take time to, to no, bring exactly. in some of those and- smaller yeah no exactly and that's and that's kind of um what's what's saying to mentioned to us as well it's, it's the category just needs time it's or not the category the rtd subsection yeah. of the category it just needs a little bit more time to mature um yeah, because rtd what, what, anyway in alcohol rtd in an alcohol world is yeah. quite new it's not i mean it's not yeah. been around for for what probably five years where it's sort of known yeah yeah exactly and kind of I mean, the really interesting thing is um, in terms of the RTD that they do have in Sainsbury's, um, it basically reflects the best selling of what they have in their mm. spirit sort of line. Um, because people, like I said, they're, they're kind of experimenting with these bottles and then they're kind of buying back into something that they're already recognised into. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like super, super interesting. Uh, and I think yeah. kind of going on, going back to the sort of hospitality thing, um, kind of RTD, that's a really interesting thing to talk about as well. I've mm. got a lot of experience with hospitality, but when I was speaking to people back in, I mean, it's really like, it was funny, like having loads of conversations back in sort of July, um, with some hospitality people and um, some buyers and they were just basically like just come back in November when this is all <laughs> blown over you know like our, our focus at the moment is kind of just keeping everyone safe and we're not looking to bring new products at the moment obviously fast forward we're still in July still the same yeah. conversation if not it's probably a little bit worse now to be honest. yeah um, but but kind of the main thing that they came back to me with as well with feedback is um rtd and drinks like all drinks and cans are the worst performing like skew or worst performing mm. like product format in like a hospitality venue in terms of bringing in value um and that was the main thing that they said as well was like when you come back to us um when like everything's back to normal yeah. think about how you can bring the most value to us because if you think about how mocktails are made or mm. or whatever in a hospitality venue it's just like I said, it's the same thing that I was trying to yeah. disrupt. It's just, it's just juice, some soda, and bang. Like it's just, yeah. it's an and, and high profit, and high profit because it costs them probably less than five p to make or something. You know, less than I don't know, like probably a super, 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 super cheap um, drink for them to make them really, really high margins. Um, so I have to come there and like say, okay, we've got this can that's like two quid and like it's just it's not appealing for them so that's uh, that was another yeah, thing for us to kind of go back to the drawing board and think okay how can we reformat our products yeah to bring and deliver more value so we can get that opportunity of driving brand awareness through hospitality because at the moment it probably won't happen through a can format no because i mean it's an interesting one isn't it because typically why does someone go for for a cocktail you know they they go for a cocktail you know a beer is quite simple either yeah beer out of a bottle or or out of a draft that's quite quite simple wine 
very similar cider etc but a cocktail you typically you'll order because either you want the theater in the the bar and you want to watch yeah. the you know bartender to to make it or you know that you're getting a freshly made drink and i guess that's that is the the, the challenge of you know how how do you i suppose cater for for that market however there is also uh, you know hospitality is busy it's you know typically high turnover yeah you know ready to drink maybe not in a can format or whatever yeah. can work quite well because actually you know you haven't got to to skill up a bartender you know a real yeah. professional bartender takes time there's a lot of um yeah. you know there's a lot of time and experience that have gone into that you know you only need to look at you know the bartenders and something like be at one you know they are masters at what they do but that is not you know that is a cocktail bar so yeah. the rest there is a lot of other hospitality venues that actually you know need to get cocktails out fast um and there's brands that have obviously done that in the alcohol world and it's yeah. how can you how can you convince it but i think your as you say your challenge is going to be that not even convincing but the putting your case forward about this isn't just fruit juice um yeah and that's the problem and that's, that's yeah that's where the, the like the power that we have is is yeah is the differentiation in in the quality of the liquid and delivering that yeah. same experience and it's kind of it's kind of really honing in on the point of the, like the point of our liquid isn't to be mixed with alcohol i mean yeah. although people like you can do it if you want to like go for yeah. it like, we do have a lot of people who do buy our drinks as mixes interesting alcohol, which is interesting because like we've got a massive <laughs> all of our messaging on the can is all about sort of mindful drinking and um, sort of sobriety and kind of yeah yeah whatever it's like if you like whatever um but uh, each to their own like cool i'm yeah. not judging or, or whatever um where was i going with that um but yeah the purpose of kind of how we created the liquid was for it not to be mixed with alcohol because it, yeah. the whole point of it was to deliver that experience that alcohol can deliver um so i think that's where the value of our drinks does stand and like i said when we go back into hospitality once everything starts mm. to gear back up um those are the two things that we're really honing in on is, is delivering value through price but also mm -hmm. in terms of convenience in terms not from a can format but in terms of how quick we can create a drink and how quickly how quickly they can serve it to their customers um because yeah. the profit you know profit typically on it i mean on a cocktail obviously is very very good um you know and it's interesting because on a you know as you, as you said earlier actually sometimes the 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 no and low products are even more than the um than the alcohol brands and there's all, all reasoning behind that um and, and but yeah actually when i speak to a lot of people a lot of consumers they're happy to pay the price you know they they they're not just because it's a non-alcoholic drink they're not expecting yeah. it to be less and yeah. You know that's where i guess there's a shift away from you know this isn't just an orange and lemonade this is a completely different different style product that yeah. actually you can and and you know for you it's going you know giving suggested servings in terms of how to garnish it and everything because that that often is as well the um the theater of a cocktail yeah no exactly i mean the kind of the, the way that i try to articulate 
that whole concept when I speak to people and buyers or whatever is kind of comparing it to milk. I don't yeah. just kind of go with me on this. It's like <laughs> you've, got, <laughs> you've got normal cow's milk, you know, which is kind of let's compare that to like alcohol. Um, but then you have like almond milk or oat milk, which is kind of no and low. It's all about delivering like the same experience, but mm. people pay a premium for the oat milk or the, or the almond milk yeah. because it's they're, they're paying not to have something or they're yeah, paying yeah. for it what you're paying for like i said it's going back to you're not paying for the product itself you're paying for the experience that that delivers you on a, like yeah. a, on a personal level um so like i said it's the same it's i get basically it. the same thing yeah but it's, it's like it's beyond meat articulate that yeah no exactly and i i i'm i and i use veganism like the whole mo- the whole vegan movement as a comparison to the whole no no movement as well when i speak to people about it is kind of veganism when it started but when it started like it's always been a thing yeah. but like when it started to become like a, a thing that was sort of more mainstream the people who were vegan were mm. like animal cruelty activists or climate change activists or people who really had to have a purpose and a, and a, and a reason to be vegan you know um and that's kind of what sort of no and low was sort of back in the day like not back in like five ten even longer yeah, yeah, ago yeah yeah when with like the Bex Blues and whatever, you you had to have a reason to not drink alcohol, whether that was you're pregnant, religious reasons, you were driving, or you had like a problem with alcohol in the past and you're kind of you're going through like a very serious thing in your life. Um and those were like you had to have a reason. But now what no and low is evolving into, just like what veganism did, is it's becoming a mainstream thing where you know what, it is cool to not eat meat or it's cool not to drink you know like it, yeah. it's kind of hit that mainstream level where um it's like an empowering thing to do and it's kind of you, you do it not for the sort of political reasons or, or whatever but you do it for more more sort of just kind of lifestyle reasons and yeah. and it and it, and it get a trend like that gets to a point where it, it does become cool to do the opposite, yeah. if that makes sense. Like it's cooler to drink oat milk than it is to drink cow's milk. It's cooler yeah. to not drink cow's milk. <laughs> and, that, and that's kind of what yeah. we're trying to, to kind of just catapult with our brand is, yeah. is creating that really empowering thing to empower people to say, yeah, you know what? You can actually have fun without yeah. alcohol. And building a brand that delivers that message and that purpose and that mission is, is something we're working really, really hard to do. Yeah, um, and I think it, that's the way that's, that's going to grow the category like how veganism grew is is by making it that mainstream sort of aspect of um just empowerment really so yeah and and do you think you will crack into the likes of universities do you think there is do you think students mentality will change and go actually let's just have fun with you know drinking nocktail or you know uh, a non-alcoholic yeah, beer I- you know, like it is like a really interesting one because it, I mean it's kind of contradictory because like I talk about kind of the growth coming from Gen Z mm-hmm. and millennials but from my personal experience at university I didn't see any <laughs> um like mindful mindful drinking <laughs> at all you know like it, it's not so it, that might have changed like dramatically yeah, yeah. Like the two years that I haven't been at uni because like I said the category has changed and people's behaviors with drinking has dramatically changed in the past year not yeah. the last two years um but like I said I think where 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 kind of the audience becomes the most captivating is when people kind of lead you I was going to say when and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when and, they want to change uh, 
yeah no exactly and, and they move on to um sort of different things and they want to kind of build on their build on their own selves and and so forth um but the thing that's interesting as well is like i i so going back to saying the growth is coming from gen z and millennial people and we've built our whole brand around them um a lot of our customers online aren't actually those people as well but they still are receptive to the brand that we've created which is really really interesting because yeah like i said even, even though the, the messaging and, and the purpose that we're trying to do is all around young people like the older demographic understand it as well which i think is really interesting and really powerful as well um yeah. because kind of the influence of that messaging and that social impact that we're trying to kind of deliver um you kind of have that up upward influence from kind of younger people and kind of delivering yeah. that to their parents but then you also have that kind of downward influence as well where like the parents are discovering discovering us on instagram and then they feed that back into their kind of kids lives i guess um and it's like a really sort of interesting cyclical yeah absolutely and and you capture yeah you capture a real variety of, of, of people and i think that's um yeah it's brilliant because it, as you say there's many reasons why someone doesn't want to drink or, or maybe as you say don't even need a reason it's just actually yeah. they they enjoy you know a, a non-alcoholic product and there's that's that's what we've got to embrace i mean that's a whole thing that i'm about is actually just you know taking that whole stigma away of not not drinking um because actually there is great products out there and i may as well go and enjoy the the great products for for what they are yeah completely and in terms of where you are so launched july last year have you scaled the team like what's what have you had to do to sort of launch it really yeah so like yeah like you said launched last year um solo like i'm a solo founder so it's kind of everything that you kind of see um online everything that we're doing has, has all been sort of myself i mean we use freelancers and and, and so forth mm. some of our kind of design work and packaging and so forth um but everything else has been pretty sort of on the ground running with just kind of myself doing like i said mpd sales marketing mm. all the boring legal stuff like just everything it's 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 overwhelming you know at times yeah. and i'm sure you can relate to it with with, yeah. with with building your app and doing the podcast and everything is um, there's only so much one person can, can do um, and there's only so much value that one person can deliver with yes. a business especially one where you're trying to deliver a really strong um, like I said really strong purpose behind it that's only can, that can only be so powerful coming from one from one person um, so yeah quite recently I, mean, I actually haven't announced it yet on, on LinkedIn or anything um, so it's probably like a, an exclusive um, but we've yeah we've recently just brought on like a, a COO and a CMO, Amazing. Um, basically just kind of beef out our team and bring a little bit more experience and some more diversity to the team and um, just some kind of a new energy to kind of mm. take the business to the next level and to kind of yeah. work towards our sort of scalability of a brand and um, kind of reach the milestones that we want to faster basically. Um, yeah. So it's a very very exciting time for us um, and yeah. And it's always, you know, when a founder recognizes that, yeah, they need to bring in people and it, it's not easy. You know, I think it is admirable when you go actually to to launch the vision that you want to do. You have to bring in the expertise because, yeah, none of us are perfect, you know, and we yeah. are going to have weaknesses and you've got to if you can identify those weaknesses, you will come out miles stronger because actually you can bring in the expertise and, and the people. Yeah, no, of course, and and like the kind of the harsh truth of like an FMCG brand as well is 
you, you like you need you need money to scale mm-hmm. you know there's only so yeah. much you can do kind of running a business off the back of yeah. personal savings you know um like there's only like we have a massive vision of what we want to do but that's only achievable one if if you kind of grow slowly and you follow like a really slow trajectory of growth and kind of reinvesting profits and so yeah. forth which is that it's, it's obviously doable um but kind of in the way that we want to grow as a brand, that's only yeah. doable by sort of raising investment. And, and I mean, you've seen so many sort of food and drink brands in the past one, two years, just raising phenomenal amounts of money, especially yeah. in the no low space as well, which I think is really reassuring to kind of see that investors yeah. do recognize the potential and the growth of the category and where it will um, eventually be. Um, so that's kind of another reason for bringing on this team as well. It's kind of um, take us on a path like an investment path and kind of um yeah like i said take it to the the space where we can really start to grow in the sort of international and exciting way that we want to yeah absolutely and it's an exciting journey it sounds like you've got yeah lots lots ahead and and things to to sort of look forward to take where you know where you want to take the brand and in terms of people trying the product where do they find you like how can they yeah how can they learn more yeah, so the, I mean, the, the very best place is just knocktail.com. Um, just buying direct from, from us. Um, firstly, it's probably the best way to support any brand by purchasing direct through their own website. Um, and you'll get the kind of the best knocktail experience, you know, um, in terms of going through that whole purchase process and kind of like I said, delivering the customized box and in the in the post and everything. Because um, that's the very best way to kind of yeah, have the whole sort of knocktail experience. Um, other than that, um, we're actually not currently on Amazon because we went out of stock with some of our flavors in the warehouse. So we're kind of still working on that. Um, and we're kind of going through a little bit of a sort of a brand revamp with some of our sort of outer packaging and loads of stuff. And like there was some like um, cardboard. I don't know if you heard there was like a massive cardboard shortage. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably due to like Amazon just buying all the cardboard. Sort of um, so we had like a really like we went into like a production run a couple of weeks back and our boxes couldn't arrive in time because they can like our um, outer patching wasn't going into production because there's no cardboard so there's kind of like a, loo- a few things that kind of set us back a little bit in terms of get- getting our, our our flavor back online um but um they should be getting labeled today actually um our mojitos um Amazing. so we should be back in stock hopefully tomorrow afternoonish um so, which so is, by, by the time this comes out we'll be we'll be no, playing <laughs> we'll be flying we'll be flying exactly um but yeah no yeah knocktail.com or if you want to follow us on instagram at knocktail n-o-c-k-t-a-i-l cocktail but with an with an n <laughs> i love it that's brilliant look i really appreciate your time and thank you for yeah sharing stories being honest about some of yeah some of the challenges and that uh, we look forward to to tracking your journey yeah, no, definitely. Like, likewise with you guys as well. I think it's really cool, like what you're doing in terms of the app. It's definitely something that's needed in this space, not only to just drive awareness, but to um, just, like I said, just build in the category and um, and everything. It's something that's, first of all, yeah, it's just really, really, really important. No, thank if you. We're, if, if we're going to take it to to where it can where it can go, because I think it's something that Fern mentioned on on I kind of caught a glimpse of, yeah. of a comment that she made on the videos. Um, sometimes you feel like you are you're late to the party as a brand um but it is it's literally only only just the beginning of it and 
like there's there's still a very niche customer yeah. who who is entering the category, and there's a massive opportunity for this to to go to a more mainstream um, holistical type of customer, which I think is when they all start to get exciting. Yeah, um, no, it's, so it's, that, it's, what, it's not going away. No, no, hundred percent not. Um, no, that's brilliant. Well, thank you very much, David, again, and we will speak to you soon. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Catch up soon. Thank you.